0: Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation starts. Sit back and listen as we talk to the authors who take you to different places every time you turn those pages. If you enjoy what you hear, give us a like, share with a friend, reach out, we want to hear from you. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. I am quite excited. Tonight, we have author Luna here on the porch all the way from the UK, guys. How are you doing, Luna? I'm good, thank you. How about you? I'm doing wonderful, and I am so happy that you agreed to stay up till 1 a.m. to have a conversation with me. And I'm sorry that I have you up at 1am, but I am, I am blessed that you gave us the honor of deciding to stay up this late to talk to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not something I could do every day, but um, for something at uh, a special occasion like this, I can.
0: Yes, thank you so much. And, and the reason why I think that it, I am so excited to talk to you because this book, I read your book beforehand, um, the the subject as well. We talked a little bit before the show. I think it's something that needs to be out there in the world. I think there is such a hole right now in the world missing this and missing what you have to share. So let me give you a quick introduction because I know what i'm talking about and, and what we talked about but the rest of the viewers <laughs> yeah so guys welcome luna uh, to the porch tonight luna is an author of fictional stories however they represent real life situations based on their own experiences in the lgbtq community luna is also a poet and a perf- and a performer in the uk and the book series that we are going to talk about tonight is Beyond the Binary. And I read the first book uh, in the, the book series. And I, I'll give you a little bit more about it after we actually get into a conversation here. But I would love you, Luna, to tell us more about uh, yourself and more about your journey with this book series.
1: hmm uh-huh. Yes, so I am non-binary, which means my gender is neither male nor female, it's a completely separate gender, and um, that's the same as the protagonist of my book, Skylar, uh, they're also non-binary, uh, so um, I'm happy with either she, her, or they, them pronouns, whatever is easier for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I It's been quite a long time... Um, Uh, the the process of writing this series, or or at least uh, thinking about it, because I had the idea about maybe three years ago or so, um, I had an idea of writing a series about a a non-binary protagonist uh, and their experiences in day-to-day life in various aspects of the LGBT plus community. Um, But it took me a while to actually think of a plot. I thought, okay, that's the concept, but you can't just write a book uh, um, about this character not doing anything, just being a character, you need something to actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, uh, when I uh, when I managed to devote full time to writing and, um, and publishing, I uh, started developing uh, plots for the first few books in the series, uh, the first two of which are now written and published, and the third one uh, I have recently finished the first draft of, and I've uh, made available pre-order on Amazon. Um, it's not quite available in, in its final form just yet, but will be soon. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so in, in the introductory book that, um, uh, that Christine has read, uh, which is called How I Found Myself, um, it centers on uh, Skylar's relationship with their two partners, Hugo and Dale, they're in a polyamorous relationship. Um, uh, so how they support each other, but particularly through Skylar's depression, uh, which is um, uh, which is a reflection of my own experience. I've um, suffered extensively with depression, and um, uh, and have um, uh, uh, got extensive support from the most important people in my life.
0: Yeah. So when when I was reading this book, I could feel the the depression. In the book. And, and it was, there's not a lot of books that I read where I could actually feel. They have to tell me what I'm supposed to feel. And I have to read the words to understand. But one thing that I found very, very interesting, um, I was reading it and I was just, I felt myself just kind of just going down into this book and I and I was thinking of of something I was thinking this really sounds like an Edgar Allan Poe type of literary piece and then later in the book the the character mentions Edgar Allan Poe and I'm like well yeah it it, it was very much similar um, how you can emote the words that the main character was saying he was emote they were emoting uh, the very feelings of depression and I I could feel that coming from the book. So do you when you were writing that those was it even though it was the, the character in the book, was it your feelings that you were going through?
1: Absolutely. And not at the time. Um, because I, I wasn't struggling as badly uh, at the time of writing, but certainly it was pulled from previous experiences um, when I've been feeling absolutely hopeless and useless, worthless, um, and like like there's no point in doing anything. Um, and uh, of course, I, I hasten to add that's definitely not the case for either myself or anyone listening. Yeah. Um That there is hope and that there is reason to carry on and um, uh, and keep trying, Um, but uh, I certainly know how it feels to um, uh, to to think that that there's no hope and no point. And uh, I am humbled that you um, that you likened it to the work of Edgar Allan Poe, um, uh, even before uh, that became relevant in the story, um, because. Uh, Part of the story is like me, uh, Skylar the protagonist is a poet uh, and admires um, uh, various um, uh, 19th and 20th century poets uh, such as Edgar Allan Poe and partway during the story, they write a poem inspired by Poe's The Raven. Um, And so um, uh, when you mentioned Poe just then, I thought that was uh, in reference to The Raven-esque poem. Um, but it it was uh, it was a nice surprise to hear that you actually thought of Poe before that poem even came up
0: yeah because I was I was reading it and I was like this is very I don't want it to sound like a bad thing but like melancholy kind of just very emotive and very just down kind of in a good way in a good way right and I thought what is this reminding me of what is this reminding me of I was just like The only other thing that I could think of was Edgar Allan Poe. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I need to go read some Poe to see if it's the same as that. And then when it was brought up later in the book, I was like, okay, well, I I guess it was supposed to be. So there was a part in the book that I had to read two to three times because I'm not in the LGBTQ community. Um, I've never dealt with uh, gender identity issues. So there's a lot of things that I don't understand. Um, And that's just because it's not something that has been in my world before. So I had to read one particular thing two to three times before it actually caught me. And it was a moment in the book, if you don't mind me sharing, this is one moment um, where the grandfather made a statement. And I thought it was a beautiful statement at first where he said, well, he can't, he can't help what he, he can't, something about, he couldn't help, the he doesn't choose to be this way or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and the main character was upset and I thought, well, grandfather has accepted him for being non, non-binary, I don't understand it. And then after about the third or fourth time, it hit me it hit me where the word choice
1: yeah yeah that's the key word um uh, the the grandfather is a character i love he's partially inspired by my own grandfather actually who died just over a year ago um mm-hmm. while i was um uh, planning this series so he didn't get to see any of it published um but he, he was um he was a wonderfully accepting man but uh, didn't always understand everything which of course is completely understandable that he didn't understand everything at his age Um, so the grandfather in the book um, uh, as you say um, completely accepts Skylar but doesn't quite um, doesn't quite get their identity Um, so I think the quote is Skylar may not be sure about what they want to be uh, but it's their choice so Skylar says thank you grandad but that's not quite right because it's not a choice about who I want to be it's just who I am
0: Yes. Yes. And, and it took me a, a little bit. And I, I didn't understand. And then when I when I read it, like the third or fourth time, and I saw the word choice, and mm-hmm. I thought, I get it now. It's not a choice. Like I didn't wake up being, you know, a, a white lady with red hair and green eyes. I was born that way. And that's the same as you, you were born who you are um and i and i found that and when it hit me it hit me really hard because i thought imagine you know people thinking that everyone has a choice to be who they are we don't right we are who we are because that's just how we we have a choice
1: to do what we want to do um yeah what you do with your life is important and that is a choice Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: but uh, yeah, who you are is just who you are. um, No one has any control over that, Um, but you can embrace it.
0: So you're a poet and a writer (laughs) and a performer, and you write about the non-binary experience, uh, being non-binary, and what made you write particularly about this versus um, just pure romance or thrillers or mystery or any other genre? Why did you pick this particular subject?
1: Well, uh, firstly, I'm not especially interested in uh, many genres like thriller or mystery. Um, I, I think um, I can read them, but I, I don't think I'd be very good at writing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I specifically wanted to write LGBT plus stories um, because Um, that there is quite a lot of uh, material like that out there, but not all of it is very accurate or sensitive. Um, uh, In in some works you just, um, you have an LGBT character who's played for laughs or um, is put in as a joke, or in some cases the writer tries to portray them positively, but makes a lot of unhelpful mistakes. So I wanted to create some content that shows the LGBT plus community in a positive light and uh, portrays the characters accurately um, and just follows them during their lives. Uh, not even all the plots is, um, is LGBT related. A lot of it is, um, as we discussed earlier about mental health and life at work and family life. Um, so that then emphasizes, uh, um, uh, you know, a of uh, yeah LGBT people um that's not the the whole of what their life is um like as you said you're a a white lady with red hair and green eyes but that's not all you are yeah uh, you're also uh, someone who works for the author's porch and uh, um uh, likes uh i can't quite see what knickknacks you've got on the shelf back there but <laughs> then likes to collect things like that
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and that's what a lot of people don't don't realize is once you say i'm this they think that's the only thing you are in um, you yeah. uh, i i think that a lot of people get put into bubbles and and you forget that first and foremost i'm a person
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know and everything else you know is just parts of me and I'm, I'm so many parts of a whole. So I liked, uh, there were some scenes in there at work with, uh, with Skylar and it was very interesting because I, there was parts where I laughed because I thought, oh, honey, there was, there was so many moments where I had some workmates that I was like, oh yes, I want them to leave me alone too. Um, but there, there are those people who, when they learn about someone's, for lack of better words, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, someone's um, or sexual orientation, somebody's- um, I'm sorry?
1: Um, yeah, sexual orientation is um, essentially the kind of people you like or fancy, like if you're gay or lesbian or straight or bi. Yeah. Um, or um, In Skylar's case, it's mostly about gender identity.
0: Okay, so when they mm-hmm. learned about his gender identity- Their, um, their identity. Skyline
1: they Skylar, play them pronouns.
0: Okay when, and when mm-hmm. they learned then it was like it became like their their favorite new play toy mm. you know and I went to um there I went to a course and it was um black women and white women learning how to talk together And one of the things I learned in that course, uh, and they were very blunt and very open about it, and the the Black women said, it is not our job to teach you as white women how to deal with us, how to be around us, how to, you know, don't come up and and ask us to be your teachers. And and that reminded me, I, I was reminded of that course when I was reading this book, because there was a lot of moments where it was like, everyone wanted to ask a million and one questions and I was like well can I just be a human today how about that
1: yeah and uh, I don't want um, I don't want to come across the wrong way I, I am open to being asked questions as long as um, people are polite and uh, are not intrusive um, it, it can often help to first ask someone are you happy to talk about this before asking specific questions about it yeah. Um, but yeah I, I think the I think the character you're um, referring to mostly there is Sally, uh, who is one of Skylar's colleagues. Um, she's described by Skylar as a woman who can't seem to get enough of me even long after I've had enough of her. Yes, yes. Uh, so hey. she, she tries her best to be uh, supportive by, um, uh, by overusing Skylar's name um trying to trying her best to validate them always going hello Skylar how are you doing today Skylar (laughs) but she doesn't realize that Skylar doesn't really appreciate that kind of overemphasis.
0: yeah and when I was reading the book I I think that I heard your voice (laughs) like the actual sounds of your voice when I was reading the book as well and it I was I lived in England for three years so um a lot of times when I'm reading books and I know the authors from the UK um, I'll often read and sometimes you can find little words that are different from the American English versus the UK English and that will that will show me that it's more of a England English uh, dialogue versus an American yeah British English dialogue versus an American English dialogue and then I'll start the characters in my head will start having a British English <laughs> voice versus an American English. Any.
1: Yeah, I really admire that in you because I find that's a really rare trait for American readers to have because a lot of American readers simply don't know much British English um, uh, or, or even if they do, they'll still read British act, uh, British characters with American accents. And um, I, I'm guilty of the opposite. If I'm reading an American book, I'll often um, read, the, read the characters with British accents simply because that's what I'm familiar with. Um, but if, uh, if they're written with a lot of American dialect uh, and it's, it's clear that they have a particular accent, um, then I'll, I'll probably start hearing the accent that's being implied. Like if there's a lot of y'all and, uh, A-fellers and stuff like that, I'll, I'll start incorporating that accent. Yes.
0: <laughs> you know, I, the only reason I can do that is because I was military for 20 years. So I traveled everywhere and I lived in the, I lived in Gloucestershire for three years and I absolutely loved it to the point where (laughs) so when I came back I couldn't even remember some of the American names like I was like what is a lorry what do we call it here in the states yeah or chips
1: Uh, like like, there there are quite a lot of overlapping words like that because we both have chips but for you they're what we call crisps and for us they're what you call fries
0: yes yes so and then the boot and I was like oh that's the trunk and then I was like where's the napkins and they were like what are napkins and, and I was like oh the serviettes and then I was like the cutlery I was like where's the fork and the knife so there were so many things that I had to learn so now and yeah traveling gave me this huge sense so when I read um, authors from all over the place as long as the the words are in English because I did not learn other languages. I tried. I learned small little words in J- Japanese, small little words in Spanish, small little words um, in German and things, but not. I couldn't hold a conversation um, as long as the words are in English. In my head, I will hear the accent of what the dialogue in the book is. And, and I love that because to me, it makes the book more authentic for me. Um, so let me ask you this. You've, you've got two books already out and published. You've got one book on pre-order. How many books in the series altogether? Do you, do you already know or is it just coming through you?
1: No, I don't know yet. It's an ongoing series. I know um, I've, I've got an idea for the plot of the next book, the fourth one, mm-hmm. um, uh, but that's just in the basic stages at the moment. I need to expand on it before I start writing it properly. Um, so these first four are all from Skylar's point of view, and the fifth one might be as well, but after that I'm planning to write more books from different characters' points of view, so there'll be one probably written jointly by Skylar's two partners, Hugo and Dale, mm-hmm. and um, some by, um, by some of Skylar's friends, or and maybe their mum and their granddad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, perhaps later down the line even some of the antagonists of the series.
0: Awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. I had on, on another podcast that I have, I have had frozen. Ellen Archer. She's an author. And I'm, am I still uh, Yeah, frozen? you're back now. Okay, good. Um, I had another author and um, she writes um, MLM Romance. And I loved her book. Like, I can't wait because she's going to be on the author's porch in a couple of weeks. But um, she writes from a place um, like you. Uh, she's in the LGBT plus community. And so she writes from a place of authenticity, like you, understanding the struggles that people go through because she was raised, um, you know, it's against the church and you can't do it, do this because the church says this and it's a sin and all this other stuff. And talking to her and, and hearing about the struggles that she, had when she grew up because she was not accepted um, by her family growing up and those type of things whereas you had a little bit of a different of experience it seems like um where your your mom and or your granddad at least that I know of um you know he, he tried his best it seems to to understand and learn and mm-hmm. um but I find those books because I've read yours and I've read hers coming from Authors who are in those demographics, for lack of better words, who understand the struggles um, because they've lived that life. They're not just writing about something or researching it and writing about it. Um, The struggles come through so real and so raw and so authentic. And and you just I won't say you I won't say that I relate all the way to it because I don't know what going through that is. But the depression that Skylar went through, I feel that because I suffer with depression. So I could just feel that sadness in his soul, not just in his, you know, in his head or, or, their, or their head, but in, in their soul. And then mm-hmm. the same thing with Ellen Archer's book, when um, their characters were being oppressed and being told what well, you can or can't do. I, I've been there. And I I felt that, and I was like, wow, like that is very deep, deep stuff. So I applaud you for tackling that because there isn't, there's there's not books out there just in abundance like this. There's a million and one romance books. I mean, Mm -hmm. heck I wrote a young adult one. I've got another romance coming out in May. I mean, you know, (laughs) there's a they're a dime a dozen right but in this in this this demographic this genre right here it's not out there and there are millions and billions of people that are fighting every single day just to be who they are yeah you know so yeah,
1: well, it, it really means a lot to me to have that praise from you um uh, especially uh, if the you as someone else who's experienced depression it's um uh, uh, it's it's assuring for me to know that um, that someone else who's experienced depression can read my work and relate to it uh, and and testify that it's accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do put a lot of thought into how I um, how I form my sentences, especially in the uh, in the dramatic mental struggles like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I I take care to try and show rather than tell as much as I can. I don't just want to say I feel terrible or I collapse crying, um, because <laughs> uh, for one thing, um, that's boring, and uh, for another, there are uh, there are much more descriptive and immersive ways you can write it. You yeah. don't have to say I'm crying. Um, you can describe how the emotion is building up inside you, maybe how it's been building up inside you all day or for several days.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's it's knocking in your throat, fighting for release, um, but you've had to keep it pent up um, to avoid making a scene. So mm-hmm. now you're in a place of safety. You can belch it out of you and... Uh, um, I, I think I, I, at one time I used the, the metaphor, my lungs are vomiting sandpaper. Mm. Um, which, which which is sometimes how it feels when, yeah. when you've been stopping yourself from screaming all day and then you, you suddenly let it all
0: out. Yeah, yeah. That's very deep, very strong as well. But very true. Very, very true. Yeah, I... I can't wait to read more of your work because I can feel the words on the pages and it's something that's needed so much in this world in a place where everyone tries to put someone in square grids and think that, oh, just go over there and read this. No, not, you don't understand. You have to be somebody who's been through it in order to write the experiences to help other people navigate through these these emotions and these stories. And what I liked mostly about your book was it wasn't just writing um, some made up story. It, 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 it That's somebody's life right there that you're reading on a page. It was a life. And that that was the most intriguing part about it.
1: So mm. well, it is a made-up story and um, it's partially autobiographical um, in that it has um, true elements of my life in it and, and of the community in general, mm-hmm. um, but the uh, the actual plot is fictional, um, for instance uh, Skylar's dad died eight years ago, fortunately my dad is still alive mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, the 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 call center where Skylar works is I'm not ashamed to say heavily inspired by a call center where I used to work. But <laughs> keyword there used to I saw a mm-hmm. sense and got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the side characters like Skylar's partners are um, are completely made up and and the yeah. uh, um, the plot of trying to deal with um, with a new stepfather who refuses to accept them that's entirely fictional
0: awesome
1: but of course it does reflect what often happens to people in the community
0: absolutely yeah absolutely so other than the the new books coming out and figuring this series out and how many more is going to be in it do you have anything else that you're going to be working on
1: um not immediately no um uh, I've, um, as I say, I've got to edit the uh, the third book which I've just drafted. I've still got to write a lot of poems for it um, because the way I'm structuring it, uh, the the series is each chapter starts with a poem written in Universe by Skylar. Of course, actually it's written by me, but uh, uh, within the context of the book, it's written by Skylar. Um, so I've I've written all the prose, the the main body but I, I still need to write most of the he- um chapter heading poems um so uh, yeah then after that i'll i'll have to um, properly plan the fourth book which i've got a um a basic idea for but it needs expanding um on the side i do write um, poetry that's unrelated to the series but um uh, that's not very frequent um uh, it's uh, uh, i just write a bit whenever it um, whenever it comes to mind. Um, often drawing inspiration from, uh, as we mentioned earlier, other poets like Edgar Allan Poe, and, uh, and my surroundings and experiences, they, they have a, a great influence on me. Um, other than that, no, I'm not doing any other writing at the moment, um, uh, but I, I, am, I am actually looking uh, for employment again because I left my job about eight months ago to focus on my writing. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that I've started to get things published, I've decided I'll uh, um, try and ease myself back into part-time work and carry on writing alongside it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So if you had a piece of advice, one, I'm sure you have a million and one, but if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody who's going through either depression or lack of acceptance um, in their, their world, in their life, Um, what that what do you think that piece of advice would be something that that you could impart on them
1: I'm not sure I can pick just one most important piece of advice I think the top two I can think of are one don't lose faith in yourself trust your own feelings and identity Um, you know yourself better than anyone else knows you Um, And even if you feel hopeless or, um, or invalid, um, always keep the faith in yourself that you are a strong and valid person who deserves love and respect and acceptance, even if no one around you seems to be uh, seems to agree. Um, Of course, uh, in those kinds of circumstances, it can be hard to um, to keep your belief in yourself. So Um, as much as you can, surround yourself with people who do um, love and support and accept you, uh, especially if you're also going through mental struggles, if you're um, suffering from depression or bipolar disorder or anything similar to that. Um, uh, A a lot of the time, uh, it can seem that everyone around you has it in for you or um, either hates you or just isn't interested in you. Um, But you may be surprised to find that... um, uh, that people do still care about you and um, uh, and of course it, it, especially nowadays when uh, we can't um, meet people properly as we normally would um, it can be difficult to reach out to people and, and say I'm struggling I need some support but you may be surprised that if you take that step um, how many people will actually be willing to to respond to you and uh, and support you.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Um, Along your journey, who was your biggest supporters?
1: My siblings.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're both significantly older than me. And um, they're some of the first people I told when I started questioning my gender identity. Um, I didn't know what was going on back then. I just knew something was going on. so uh uh, they they were more experienced with this sort of thing than i was and we uh we sat down together and and worked it all out over the course of several months
0: yeah that's awesome
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and they also helped me
1: to tell my parents
0: yeah that's awesome i'm glad that they were there for you because siblings are amazing i've got two sisters and a brother and I call my sisters all the time. My brother, he lives, he does his own thing, but me and my sisters are very close. Um, If you have any, do you have any shout outs to anybody that you want to say thank you to um, for any part of your journey that they have done something amazing for you? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I mentioned earlier my grandfather who sadly passed away just over a year ago. Um, But uh, yeah, he has been uh, an important influence uh, in this series, particularly the third book that I've just drafted, um, uh, that includes uh, the um, Skylar's granddad's 80th birthday, where he holds mm-hmm. a big family gathering, um, and uh, unknowingly plays his part in healing a family relationship that Skylar's been struggling with. Nice. Um, so yeah, posthumous shout out to my own grandpa. Um, and of course, my parents and siblings who have um, supported me along this journey, and uh, and several uh, several friends and and, and colleagues, and uh, finally my partner Flynn, um, who uh, whom the first book is dedicated to. Um, uh, he has been amazing uh, with his level of support. Um, uh, again he's one of the first people i told about my gender identity before i came out in in public oh. um uh, for, for for a surprisingly long time we were just close friends without um without ever thinking about the possibility of romance between us um and and then um uh, i was the one to um uh, to say you know what we it, it seems like this has been a logical step for a while, but maybe we've left it too late and we decided to try it and it works.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, he's been amazing with supporting me and and, and all his family have as well, they're, they're all wonderful. Um, and especially during this time when we've had reduced contacts, um, uh, he, he's uh, been a, an invaluable source of support to me. Um, and he's the only person Um, I've uh, allowed to see my work in progress Um, as I've been writing the books we've been reading them together on video calls um, uh, just taking turns reading each paragraph aloud and doing all the characters voices. Um, Yes so uh, um, it, it, it can help massively actually to hear someone else say what you've written aloud and then you can uh, you, you can uh, you can realize that oh this sentence is too long and complicated or it's not clear enough what it's supposed to be saying um, or actually I don't think that character would say that um, so um, uh, yeah it's it's been a, a great help in the editing process.
0: That's a great idea. I'm going to have to find me a reading partner. <laughs> I'm going to have to have someone read along with me. I, I might I might try that. Thank you for the tip, Luna. I'm super excited. You have a beautiful spirit, and it has been such a pleasure talking to you tonight and learning about the journey that you have been on. Reading the book that you wrote, I know that I'm going to read many, many more of your works. I see them reaching a lot of heights, reaching a lot of people as well. There is such a gap in the space of books Uh, along the genre of including the LGBT uh, plus community from people who are in the community and have lived the experience, please never stop writing. Please always bring that beautiful spirit to the literary world because I thoroughly enjoyed and being able to write, um, to emote those feelings from your words and bring us into your world is a wonderful talent, and I can't wait to see so much more work that you're going to bring to the table. Um, One last thing before we go, can you let everyone know, we have everything in the show notes, but if you could just let them know verbally how they can get in touch with you if they want to either have you on the show, read your books, or ask you any questions as an author.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, so I have a Facebook page, uh, which is called Luna Tibbling Author, and um, uh, also, I'm on Instagram as Luna.Tibling. Um, uh, you can find my author page on Amazon as well, uh, under my pen name, Luna Tibling. Um, uh, you can uh, find that with uh, any of the links uh, in uh, in the description. Um, and also, if you find any of the books, How I Found Myself or How I Found Ariana in the series Beyond the Binary, uh, they'll, they'll say by Luna Tibling, and you can find the author page from there. Um, and also on my Facebook page, there's um, a link to my email address, my, my mm-hmm. author email address um, that you can, uh, where you can send me a message if you'd like to get in touch and uh, and organize anything.
0: Awesome. Do you have any parting words before we end tonight and uh, let you go to sleep since I've already kept you up for 40 minutes? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, for See Your Dreams, as, as I've done it, it took me a long time to, uh, to push myself to do it um, because I, I'd had a passion for writing for several years, but um, it took me until uh, uh, nearly a year ago to, to actually take the step to uh, devote my time to writing and get my work published. Um, so uh, it, there, there's, there's no rush, um, whatever, Um, However much time you need to take, um, whatever support you need, um, uh, just do whatever you need to do uh, to follow your dreams and be who you are. Um, Whoever you are, uh, you are lovely and valid and worthy of love and respect, even if no one else seems to think so. Um, And if that's the case, reach out to someone uh, who uh, whom you can trust and rely on amen
0: i love that absolutely love that luna thank you so much for being here thank you for staying up till 1 a.m and beyond to, to speak with us today here in the united states all the way from the uk everybody author luna Tibbling, beyond the binary series a wonderful series of books you definitely want to read you want to delve in there and understand so many different things that you probably never even thought of before unless you are living A Non-Binary Life. Um, We'll be back here on the author's porch Thursday. The Bombshell Book Review, Swipe to Love is a book we are reviewing for the month of April. And next week, everyone, we will be interviewing another author. Once again, Luna, your beautiful spirit, don't forget to keep us in a loop every time you're releasing a new book. We like to add all of our author's books to our newsletter that goes out to uh, a lot of people so we can make sure we get your word and your mission out there.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having
0: me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. We'll see you guys later on this week. Bye. Bye, Luna. Bye.